Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. Okay. It is insanely windy outside today, so if you hear the wind louder than normal, that's why. Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. Today, uh, I had a real desire to kind of get deep into the study of how Protestants understand Sola Scriptura, meaning uh, faith alone. And this is the, I would say, the main uh, thread that all Protestants have in common. It would be this, and then some form of Sola Scriptura. Um, although I've noticed Protestants more and more acknowledging that tradition is a very important part of what they believe, um, I've heard some say that Prima Scriptura is more uh, is more apt of a description. Now, it's interesting, just as a side note. Uh, within Catholicism, Prima Scriptura is also true. Uh, there is no type of inspiration or truth declaration that is equivalent to the inspiration of Scripture. Scripture is God-breathed. It is directly inspired. It is infallible. Um, and probably so many other uh, descriptions I could say about it. It is above Scripture within Catholicism. It is above tradition. And it is above the Pope and in the infallibility of the Pope. It's above church councils. It's above local councils. Uh, Prima Scriptura is, is something that Catholics and Protestants can agree upon. Where you get a problem is when you say sola scriptura. So, anyway, today I was really looking into sola fide, um, and this kind of came forth from a lot of my discussions and thoughts regarding um, uh, monergism and synergism. Uh, because, um, like I've said, unless you take a very extreme view within one of those things, I don't, I don't see much of a reason to differentiate them. Because uh, you're pretty much just... It, it seems to me like you're... It's, there, it's two sides of the same coin. It just depends upon your perspective and your emphasis uh, if, if you're not taking extremes on either of those issues. Which most Protestants, and, uh, and I know all Catholics, do not take extremes on this view. Wow, it is windy. Okay, so sola fide. What did I learn today? 
mainly uh, one of the first really nice uh, misconceptions that uh, was kind of revealed to me was that sola fide uh, does not mean sola belief. It doesn't mean you only work upon belief, because then, you know, Protestants would have no retort against the scripture where Jesus says, uh, you know, those who say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, who only say to me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And where, I think it's St. Paul says, um, you know, it is not by, it is not by faith or, or belief, you could say, that we are saved because even the demons believe in God and they tremble, right? So, sola fide is not, is not faith alone in the modern sense of, of belief. Um, it seems to me that what most Protestants mean by faith when they say sola fide is they mean grace. Um, they mean sola gratia, which is also what Catholics believe. <laughs> uh, so it seems like, you know, the difference here is not between, uh, not, be it's, it's not that does God do something or does man do something. No, that's not the difference. We all agree that it's God's action here. Um, now, there are different degrees upon, like the differences between synergism and monergism. There are different degrees between, you know, what somebody may think man's involvement is and what somebody may think God's involvement is within uh, the course of a person's salvation and their relationship with God. But, <clears throat> but, uh, the main difference that I've gathered from uh, where Catholics and Protestants seem to have disagreements over this issue of sola fide is not the sola fide part itself. <laughs> it's the implications that are taken thereafter, particularly the implications as regard uh, philosophical anthropology. And now, what do I mean by that? Uh, it's the implications in what God does to man when man, uh, in the Protestant terminology, when man is justified, okay? Now, Protestants have their own system of definitions between the terms uh, justification, salvation, sanctification, and glorification. Um, these are really, these are Protestant distinctions, and I do not understand them very well. I'm not even sure if Protestants agree upon the definitions, because I've, I've heard some Protestants use them in different ways, and it's very confusing to me. Um, Catholics have their own definitions of these things, and this makes the conversation really sticky and tricky. Um, because oftentimes we can use the same words but mean different things by them. And I think this is a lot of what happened uh, in the wake of the Reformation, is people were using the same words but meaning different things by them. Because a Catholic, when, generally when Catholics think about um, 
justification, they think of initial justification, um, which is baptism, initial justification, and, and we do nothing to earn our initial justification. We, we also do nothing to earn our subsequent justification either, or our sanctification or anything. We do not earn anything. There is no such thing as earning. That is not what is meant by merit within the Catholic Church. Anyway, I'm getting, getting off. That's a subject for another time. Merit. We'll talk about that later. The main difference here between Catholics and Protestants on Sola Fide is their philosophical anthropology as regards man. That is, that in Protestantism, Protestantism, uh, they regard the, uh, that, that God imputes to man righteousness. Um, which basically means God covers man uh, in righteousness, as as you are clothed in a in a white garment, you know, um, and 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 it's very scriptural. I mean, and and very very much the church fathers talk about all these things in these ways: uh, clothed with a new garment, clothed with a white garment, garments of white, garments of light. Uh, I don't know, however many. There's, there's tons of allusions to this in Scripture. I mean, it's a very scriptural thing, and Catholics have no problem with it. Um, we would just say, I mean, it, it's, an, it's an analogy. It's, it's, not, it's not to be taken literally. Like, it doesn't mean that that's exactly what God does. That all that he does is clothe you, and there's nothing that is changed within you. Okay? So that, this is the main difference, is that Protestants generally will believe that justice is, or, uh, justification is imputed to man by God. So justification is just a clothing of man. Uh, as Martin Luther would say, um, that man is just dung covered in snow. Man is just dung covered in snow, okay? Catholics disagree vehemently with this view of, of anthropology, of philosophical anthropology of man. Catholics believe that there is a transformation of man. There's an infusion uh, of justification. It just, ju justification is an infusion of God within man. It's not just clothing. It is that, but it's not just that. God doesn't just clothe us with garments of righteousness. He changes us ontologically in our being. He changes us, okay? He changes us ontologically. Um, you think about uh, in the Latin Vulgate, the last words Jesus says are consummatum est, or it is cons consummated. Consummation is the word used for the marital embrace between a husband and a wife. It is relational. It's not just transactional. Catholics have a relational view of justification. Whereas, in my understanding of Protestantism so far, and this seems quite clear, Protestants have a juridical or a transactional view of justification, where it is just a garment you are given, or it, it, is, a, it is not a transformation of the being, uh, as in a relationship, it is just something someone is given. And I think that that is the crux of the matter of the whole 
difference between Protestants and Catholics. And this has so many implications down the road, so many implications on, it has implications for what we believe heaven is, what we believe hell is, what we believe God's relationship with man is and man's relationship with God. I mean, this difference is vital. Vital. Um, and I think it's clear that both can be ascribed to Scripture. And, and I mean, these things were debated among the Church Fathers. It's not like, it's not like the Church Fathers took one side or another. This was not a debate they were having. This, was, this is a debate of the 16th century and beyond. Uh, there is no saying, oh, Augustine was this versus this. Uh, or, or all the Church Fathers were this versus this. No, this was not a debate they were having. In the same way that you can't say before the Council of Nicaea um, that, you know, this father was, um, you know, had this view about Christ, and this father had this view about Christ. I mean, it doesn't matter. They weren't having these discussions as much. I mean, like, you can't put them into these camps because these things weren't defined yet. But it is a debate that we have now, and I think it has immense implications for uh, how we view the rest of our Christian life. Does God change us in our being? Does he change us ontologically? Or does he simply just clothe us with a garment? Um, in the Catholic view, it is, it is both and. God clothes us with the garment of righteousness, but he also ontologically changes us in our being. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Thanks.